1: Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 9th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great.
0: I'm down in the land of the influencers. I got to say, I you know, I had a little flight yesterday. Dialed up some Post Malone for the flight. Oh, I, I wanted on. to be a little bit more educated on the discourse about Posty.
1: Oh, I'm educated. I'm fully
0: educated I, don't think, now. I think he's pretty good. Okay.
1: Congrats. Seems to be divisive. I also
0: listened listen to some Akon on the way to the airport, <laughs> which was delight that was a delightful you know, blast down memory. Your face lane. lit
1: up a lot more when you talked about Akon than you talked about listening to Posty. I got well, people in my Hold people, on, hold on. What? What?
0: I lit up about Akon because I'm I'm listening to songs sending screenshots of of me listening to songs of memories of like college yeah, yeah. to college. French, sure. That, yeah.
1: Sure. That's good. I mean, that's a fun trip down memory lane, what, what you can recall from college, I suppose. I think, but yeah, I so think I got Posty,
0: Posty's way better than Akon. Akon was not Akon's best work was done as like a in a nate dog role, like as a like added voice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Not but he had a lot
0: in that role. Come on. I think Posty's more of a more of a, a big time performer.
1: Oh, I've, she's a big time performer. I know that. I never, never, ever said anything otherwise. And I also, I gave as a, Garrett termed it an equivocal take. I, I said, I just wanted to know more as I, I was. I didn't get it. Uh, I've been informed from all sides some people suggested I impugned his character. I've got people calling him by his real name. Austin is apparently his name like Austin is such a good guy. He's such a good human. How dare you like i didn't even say i didn't talk, speak to his humanity or whether he's good or bad. I was simply didn't get it Austin post a- and or austin I, I'm sure he's a fine fella. I have no is issue last with who Sam he may be. I don't know I don't know. I I didn't do that, but it's interesting just to give you what music sort of tasted. Music is subjective. I had some people sending me his tiny desk. His last name
0: is post. Austin
1: Richard post. There you go. Dick post. All right. Uh, We'll call him Dick post from now on. Um, (laughs) I had people sending me his (laughs) tiny desk, like concert saying, you know, this is further at furthest evidence of his genius. I had some, People sending me the same thing. People I trust, music critics saying like, this is proof of like he doesn't have a lot of talent and he, everybody around him just carries them. So like, that's just the way music uh, is subjective. It's criticism. I just said, I didn't get it. And that's all. I don't appreciate all the posties, people, no one who follows me, nobody's come to me for golf. There's people who heard that I might've said something about post and dive bombing at me. So I'm glad you're listening and edifying yourself. On the plane, down.
0: You know, uh, this is the type of research that I like to do, you know, for this podcast. Influencers
1: having a tough day out there, like you forecasted. Hail yesterday, <laughs> mud, people running for the cover at the 16th in the tunnel. Tough scene for all the lift, influencers. Lift clean in place. Selfies.
0: Preferred <laughs> lies. We got more preferred lies days. This this was an unexpected one. You never expect Scottsdale to be preferred lies, but here we Not are. Often. We got Not we enough. got preferred lives. We're off to a hot start on that over under. What was it like 23 and a half?
1: Uh we got to look it up. There's like a there's like a Twitter account dedicated now to to tracking these, I believe. Uh how many we've had? What the, I mean, you I did think it Riv, by events? Riv's
0: going to be po- uh yes. left clean in place yes. next week.
1: we had 10 inches of rain, so um, Martin Laird, even through 12, t 25 We got to keep an eye on the Desert Fox. One birdie, one bogey, even par. I like that. Sailing through in tough conditions out first. Um, But yes, live clean in place. We're going to shatter that because of some rain Wednesday, the potential for it Thursday afternoon. It's a little bit of preemptive, a little bit of reactive before it lies. We are cruising. Phoenix is one where they can usually avoid it, but not so. Hey, did, um, you
0: see, did you see that fans on 16 were chanting overrated to Jordan Spieth?
1: No, I didn't see that. I saw we had a listener in the f- crowd with a Just a Guy hat on. Maybe
0: he's spreading, spreading the Just a Guy. Overrated? God. Well, apparently... They were he, doing that? He dumped a layup into 15 water, missed the green on okay. 16, and they started chanting overrated. Hmm. I mean, are the are the curtains being being drawn? Is the world starting to to see, you know, the last six years or or that of of uh, of you know, not a superstar?
1: He's sixteenth in the world ranking. I mean, does that feel appropriate?
0: Can we can we translate? We have to translate. Sixteenth is like in reality twenty four.
1: That's bullshit. You're crazy. Eight guys, eight guys. You think are ahead from live? You said the other day you're talking about like twenty five guys. Like, I, I don't. what well, You go Rom, Brooks, Brooks. Maybe Bryson. Bryson was sort of a MIA Bryson, there for Bryson a couple. Of, I mean, all right. Well, now you're just like is throwing he, is, names where's out. Where's
0: Cam Smith at?
1: Didn't you say Cam Smith? So here's my issue. When you talk about, I saw your clip about Rom context. It presumes. Didn't you say Cam Smith sort of, like, got a little fat and happy in his game? Didn't you hear that? He's, I think he's still better.
0: Okay. I don't think Cam Smith is a top five player in the world anymore because of because of the, you know, incentives. He's, he's no longer incentive-aligned
1: to be that. So when you talk about Rob now giving it context, isn't that also, like, another side of the coin? Do we have, like... Do you think DJ
0: if, do you think current DJ or Speeth is a better player? Spieth. Okay. I I current I think DJ, that's like a very interesting conversation. It's
1: a good yeah, for sure. That's a good call. But again, current DJ, I don't think we have a lot of context for that, Andy. Like I just don't like what is that? He did well for a couple of rounds at LACC. Um who's, who's a better player us, right now? Talor Gooch or or Speeth? That's a good question. That's a good question. Who's a answer. better player, George, uh, Patrick Reed or Spieth right now? Spieth. That's that's a clear, easy one. That's a no-brainer. Okay. You think Patrick Reed would be above 16th in the world rankings?
0: Well, I, I think that uh, without a doubt, Spieth would be 20th in the world rankings or w- lower
1: with the live guys. I think he's sometimes over like, well, yeah, I mean, Brooks, Kepka would, Brooks Koepka would Brooks Kepka
0: would be ahead of him without a doubt. Yes, Cam yes. Smith, if he, if he had played any outside of the majors, world ranking events would be ahead of him in the world rankings. That gets him to 18 at a bare minimum. Man, I Patrick would venture to say bad. that if DJ if DJ is playing week in week out on the tour and getting world rankings, I have a hard time believing. DJ would be low, be below twenty in the in the world.
1: So, isn't this sort of evidence of your? I mean, this seems to undercut your argument that that there's like context to live.
0: I just think if that DJ Rom, all, if DJ Rom's if he's like on the tour, whole, he's a
1: top twenty player. If he's not on the tour, like we don't even know what he is. He I'm, I'm might saying, not Rob's be a
0: whole different level of context, though. I don't think this undercuts any. If if I think if that's Scottie fair, Sheffler, but if, if Scotty Scheffler or Rom are in the field. You expect them to be in the top ten. It is like a almost like a foregone conclusion. We so said that about Sam, and we ma- said
1: that about DJ. I
0: mean, DJ, DJ's, and they've gone that way. So it could
1: you could say the same thing? Which I'm not think. I don't think Rom's going to get well. The fat other, and happy and uncompetitive, but like the other we've argument is that lives better, guys.
0: lives better than we think.
1: That I, I Neiman versus Sergio is like. Pretty compelling. I, I mean, in terms of talent, I'm not trying to pop down it. I, I just think that the context question remains unresolved. Do you think so. Neiman or Jordan Spieth is a better golfer right now? I would say probably Joaquin Neiman. I would say. I mean, he won Australia, right? Um, very competitive in Dubai. Uh, I would probably say Neiman. So Neiman's only 25. It's kind yeah. of wild, right? Yeah. Man, Patrick Reed's know. been dog shit in majors that aren't the masters pretty much okay. since. I, I, so separate we've gotten, Reed our, we've gotten ourselves just, to 20. We've gotten ourselves to. we forgot to, about Patrick Reed. I miss Patrick Reed. You know, we've just totally non, kind of off the map. So, um, all right. He's no better I'm than po- 20th in the world rankings. Okay. All right. So is that appropriate or overrated? To speak to those chants of overrated. Um seems about right. With he's a where bigger he finishes, star than twenty. Where he
0: finishes in pip versus where he right. is on the course, I would say that he is overrated.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. He's the this
0: is what I said years ago that started this. He's having a reverse, he's having the complete
1: opposite of Mark O'Mira's career. It's a separate that's a separate question, though. He's like, the reverse like, Omira. You know, now first he wins, take he we'll wins talk about little
0: mom-pa tournaments.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is why, like, you King know, the first bees. take, we'll talk about the, the seventh, the Yankees, who's hitting seventh in the <laughs> Yankees lineup versus who's the, like, that's a separate question over what, are we going by first take rating, the airtime or PIP rating? Are we talking about, like, 20th in the world or, I don't know. Oh, by the way, we're on speed, talking about Yankees, Cowboys, no laying up, I had that range chat with him. And he suggested good questions for no lineup. They asked who his favorite cowboy was. And he said, Roger (laughs) Staubach. And I like that is the most bold, ridiculous answer. Like, come on. That is such a fake punt. Like, look, you can have reverence for whatever Roger Roger Staubach did for the franchise you would come to root for 50 (laughs) years later. But you can't say it like, I don't know. Jim Brown's not my favorite Brown. You know who my favorite Chicago Bull is? trying to think who Bob, German, love. Uh, Bob just <laughs> love
0: loved what when I was a kid I loved firing up yeah. Bob love highlights and watching <laughs> Bob love and you know in the in the in it's the, like the, give a, come on
1: Staubach give a real answer
0: that's, like, an, that's it's an insane stuff. he played but anyways Roger Staubach was done playing before he was born how could that I possibly be your favorite cowboy <laughs>
1: My fifty years or whatever. He's a legend. He built he's incredibly meaningful to your favorite team. Anyway, separate you know what? discussion. Go ahead. That's a
0: damning answer.
1: I've look. I've defended Smith here this first five minutes, but I brought it up as evidence of something I didn't really like, love. But I don't know if he could be trusted because of that. <laughs> it's not a real answer. It's just not. It's not. Um, Roger anyway.
0: Staubach?
1: <laughs> he was born, like, he's too young for the early 90s. Emmett Smith, Irvin, Aikman. But Aikman would be at least, he like, He could have said Tony Romo. Part of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Dak could have
0: said Zeke.
1: Could have said anybody. C.D. Lamb. I don't know. Somebody in the... Jason Garrett. Backup Jason Garrett when he was a quarterback. I don't know. There could have been a bunch of people. He could have gone with but yes, an amusing one that that cracked me up while we're on the subject of speed. All right, let's get to the big news of the day, which this is a golf podcast. And, uh, you know, you got one of the great events of the year, Phoenix Open, just a real howitzer event. You also have live having an event. Um, so as always, as in this modern I current f- moment in golf. Do you remember
0: when Sam Snead lit up the Phoenix Open? That's why he's my favorite golfer. <laughs> uh god i love
1: gene sarazen you know that's why i love golf i would have loved to seen johnny miller play desert golf but i can't like i'll i'll read about it i'll give reverence for it i'll appreciate it i'll want to know more it personally can't be like my favorite golf that i saw at the phoenix open or in the state of arizona (laughs) i'm sorry i i interrupted you so important golf matters with Live Vegas. So as as always, as we start with professional golf, we're going to talk about Saudi Arabia threatening to imprison people <laughs> who are, you know, consulting on its deal and equity grants to PGA Tour players. So that's that's where we are in the current moment in prof- professional golf. Uh, Bloomberg has a report that Saudi Arabia has apparently threatening McKinsey and other fi- bankers. Uh, who are consulting on the live merger or the PGA tour merger deal with imprisonment uh, if they cooperate with the uh, United States inquiry and and just review of of such a deal. Um, There's probably a a more gentle framing of that. Like you have an NDA, you are, you know, you work for us and, you know, don't agree with this for us, a foreign government. Um, I'd say it's not a good look for golf or the live that you have a, a theocratic government threatening to imprison people. But this is the way things are going to go. And whatever you think about it, it's the way things are going to keep going with Saudi Arabia's involvement. Last month, we had the report in The Athletic that Yasser was directly involved in attempting to carry out the orders of MBS to maybe, you know, basically ruin someone's life, falsely impri- or speciously imprisoned family members. Of a former head intelligence chief. That was a news story. This month's news story is about people working directly on the golf deal under threat of imprisonment. The next one in March could be a little more gruesome. Who knows? But depending on your moral relative, you know, your moral relativity, these are going to keep coming. And some of them will be more intense than others, more objectionable than others, based on what you think. And that's just what we're what you're inviting into the game. Fair. Yeah. I I mean, I think this we could go all the way back
0: to Phil Mickelson's comments a few years ago. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. They're they're scary MFers. Um and 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 this is we saw it with F1 years ago, a couple years ago with the race, you know, that they couldn't they had to do the race and you know, crazy maybe stuff they couldn't going, leave the country. Yeah.
1: Maybe who knows? There's rockets. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um because Listen, like, because of the format of the PGA Tour, their kind of um, willful neglect of, of updating the way the PGA Tour was structured, and then um, the greed and of some of the top players, this is the bed that men's professional golf has made itself. And I, you know, listen, I just don't. It's not like we can unwind everything that's happened and have Saudi Arabia out of the
1: game at this point, right? No. So well, the this, reports and questions are going to keep coming. Yeah. Like, that's, this is whether just, you find it okay or not, it's just going to keep coming. That's going to be a fact of life. And you might have to answer a question about an uh, indirect abuse. It has nothing to do with you, but maybe you're, you're people who write your paychecks indirectly. Uh, did something really horrible, and you might have to answer a question about it or deal with it. Right. I mean, that's just, that's going to become a fact of professional golf. Uh, I don't think it's not to put them on the same footing, but like, uh, same footing at all. But like, I don't know, uh, becoming the plaything of a private equity conglomerate isn't super heartwarming either. <laughs> like, this is just professional golf. No. Men's, men's professional cool. Um period. Let's get to that. Th- let's get to that part. Um, uh, memo was sent to the PGA Tour uh, by Jay Monahan on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, quickly reported on about how some of this equity may be broken up. Still a lot of, not, not a lot of clarity. And he was clear in that. This is a Rex Hoggard report. I'll add a lot of the reporting on this yesterday. By golf writers, uh, and I think we're pretty, we're pretty clear here about being idiots, pretty upfront about it. But just remember, a lot of the media reports on this are from golf media, and uh, asking them to understand some of this financial uh, arrangements is is a tall task. And a lot of the earliest reports framed it in a way. That there would be players walking into a room with 900 million on the table and they would essentially like cut it up into blocks, put it in a bag and walk out with several hundred millions or 50 million, depending on like that was how it was written. Like there's a pretty, pretty low level misunderstanding uh, sometimes on, on some of this stuff. Not that we get it, but we're pretty clear about being idiots up front. We try. We try. So let's get to this. Is we'll go with Rex Hoggard, not someone I, I don't think that confused the matter uh, on GolfChannel.com. The equity grants announced last week as part of the PGA Tour's new partnership with Strategic Sports Group will be awarded to four groups of players and initially, initially totaled nine hundred and thirty million dollars. Here's the memo: the issuance of equity in PGA Tour Enterprises requires that we comply with important legal requirements. Yada yada yada. You know, who cares about the regulatory stuff, Jay? Until we complete this process, we will not be able to answer certain questions that we know are top of mind for the membership. So like, don't message me. Don't DM me. I don't have an answer. Please do not no reply. Comment. Please do not <laughs> reply to this memo. Who will receive initial grants? Here's what the uh, memo outlined Group four groups. Group one will grant $750 million in equity to 36 players based on career performance last five-year performance, and PIP results. Again, this was initially idiots on the internet freaked out as if 36 guys are going into a room and cutting up $750 million and just going and depositing down in their bank on down the street. That's Average not of 21 precisely.
0: million per.
1: Yeah. Uh, group two will consist of 75 million granted to 64 players based on performance the last three years. Group three will be an additional 30 billion granted to 57 players who have quote, earned certain fully exempt PGA Tour status. Group four will be focused on legacy players like Jack Nicholas and grant 75 million to 36 players who, quote, were instrumental to building the modern PGA Tour based on career performance. All initial grants will vest over time and require minimum participation uh, that's 15 or more events and service requirements commensurate with the value of the grant. There's also the memo called for uh, Plans for Recurring Grants of six hundred million through twenty thirty, and that to reward quote future top performers and based on the last three year performance, last year performance and PIP results. So you know if you're some eighteen year old or like who knows that there will be continuing six hundred million recurring. Sorry, six hundred million dollars. Uh, one last bit of detail: players don't have to be part of this initial grant. So this isn't like a one time shot uh, to participate in the recurring ones that are coming. Um, and a member will only receive a grant from one of the groups at the outset. So, uh, a lot of details still to be filled in, but just kind of the first first little framework, if we want to use a term. Now,
0: tons of details still to be filled in, but this obviously, I think this is a good first step of of just the future of this PGA tour. The future, and listen, I I. I tweeted something about this and I got a lot of people that were like, what about fans? This should help fans. I know it doesn't seem like it. it what you see is, oh, these guys are getting more rich. But it, it it should at least align some interests here. Um equity is not worth anything if the product sucks, right? If you know, if the PGA tour isn't the dominant uh de facto Men's Golf League, like the NBA is for basketball and the NFL is for football, this equity is not going to be worth the, you know, in the top player sense, 21 million on average per top player, right? That's just that it will go down in value and it'll be worth less. Thus, like with this, like financial carrot, if they can triple the value, all of a sudden that 20 million could be worth 60 million, right? Right. So this should really i mean is it the whole upfront 150 million that some player might have gotten to go to live no it's not but like that these players also didn't go to live didn't have don't have the stigma that players um that went to live are going to have and that i think there's there's benefit to that there's marketability with that there's This bridges some of the gap. And at the end of the day, I I mean, we keep seeing these, the, the comments of players and I think like Phil talked about this and I, Phil talked about like reshaping the way the PGA tour works. I mean, he did it that live did that. This is a completely different tour. If you had said this was going to happen five years ago, what would you have said, Brendan?
1: Right. Yeah. I talked about it. It would be like similar to saying we're going to build a colony on Mars and golf courses on Mars this is what it, yeah, what it felt like five years ago.
0: I mean, the, the PGA Tour so, has been so steadfast, staunch, and stuck in their beliefs. And now we're talking about players having equity, um, having these limited field massive purses, the PIP program. These guys that didn't go to live are financially in a way better spot than they Sam ever Ryder would have been it. if live didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. And yep. this is proof right here. Um, right. So competition in general, say say the merger doesn't happen. Usually competition is really good for fans when when there's two products competing. Right? If there's only one airline, I think it'd be really bad for flyers, right? You'd, you a, you'd pay a lot of money and like competition is good for consumers in
1: general. You an anti antitrust, uh, antitrust expert here, antitrust advocate well, here. Uh, yeah. So Break anyways them up. consumer advocacy. We're
0: we're at this stage, it's been awful for golf fans. Awful. And there's still gonna be this stuff. There's obviously the Saudi Arabia stuff is is it's it's terrible that this is part of the sport now, right? But I do believe that there are, are sunnier days ahead. Right. Because right. the the format and the alignment of interests we- is, is coming
1: becoming clearer. We have to get out of this cycle where the first 20 minutes of a golf podcast that, like, is the biggest news in pro golf is uh, potential Saudi Arabia (laughs) nastiness and, like, equity grants. Like, we, like, yeah, sunnier days are hopefully ahead. Uh, Any idea how this might work? I mean, I've, I've talked to some people both involved with this and not. And, you know, I think there'll be a lot of details to be fleshed out, like, a thought is like is it like an employee stock ownership thing right where um i imagine it's probably that something it's probably similar that. To that right you take out a loan that you know you're a vested employee you know the value can go up and down as you just talked about um when you if you decide to you retire leave, they yep, can purchase the equity back, buy it right? back yep yep basically that's how it would work i mean i don't know we'll see we'll probably get more details as it uh develops over time. But that's your biggest golf news here before the the rounds really get going. Um anything else on that before we get to uh more news, more more I I'm it, curious how it'll be div-
0: divvied up cuz obviously like number 36 is not worth that <laughs> number 1. And I imagine that that 20 million average is going to be more skewed you know weighted and it should be more weighted towards the top players and listen like if live players are cut out of this future grant or cut out of like potential for future grants like isn't that enough penalty if uh, they have if they have i i would say like i've been thinking a lot about it it's like if you sued the tour i think you should be should have a little bit of a pop. Like there should be levels of this, right? Like I think about like DJ, right. And I don't think I don't, you know, there's a big question. Would DJ even want to come back? Is a legitimate question. I think
1: he'd, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think he wants to come back and be a full member and do all the commensurate to create, to maintain membership, low, you know, minimum bar stuff. He wants to come back and play Riviera in like three events. So,
0: but DJ said no no bad things. He resigned his membership and took a shitload of money to go play over here. It was a personal decision and he was a contractor, right? He yep. still has status. He has he's a lifetime member based off of his merit, right?
1: Or like, Yeah, I think he is. I think he he like he wouldn't have to do much.
0: And like okay, so if DJ DJ would have been one of the big guns in this esop if it's the esop right it uh, yeah. stock um yeah. so he would have been one of the biggest equity holders all right what if he's just not available to, uh, what if he can't get equity right if you're if you're one of the other top players you have to look at it and say you know what my equity is worth more money if dj's here right and hope, um, I, I just I I just hope that sorry. this is kind of like the thought process that some of these players start to have. Right. Sorry. Trying because to find that's here. Oh, that's how right. we start talking about golf and not this. Because we are going to talk the the sport. The discourse around the sport isn't going to be about golf until this is over.
1: Right. Right. Um. I think it's a little weird how the guys who are not super cool with guys coming back without penalty have become sort of the villains in this thing. Um, it's interesting. Like I saw someone prefer tweeted about them being a frat house of speed. JT tiger, you know, whoever else, Homer Scheffler. I think it was it like, well, I find the frat house part to be amusing. It's like now these guys are the bad guys. They're the reason that golf's not unified. I get like how you how you can boil it down to that, but that's a stunning sort of reversal or a stunning sort of I, I don't want to say that's the overarching framing, but some people are suggesting that's like they're the ones to blame for golf not being unified right now. They're the ones that blew it all up. And I get that they're probably the key to it (laughs) coming back together at this point, but they are not the ones that blew, blew shit up. So
0: they definitely are, um, are not the ones that blew shit up. They held this together, but you could make the case that they are holding up. I think what, what deep down, what golf fans want is everybody, all the best players in the world playing in the same place yeah yep so at this point they are serving as you know roadblocks in a way to that becoming a reality which is bad for golf fans right yeah what is not bad go ahead and i think that they you know there are valid points on that side i think there are some valid points I disagree i I would just look at the long term i I just you know totally that's the type of person I, think, I am is like I, yeah you know what also I was laughing about actually cackling about what um you know they're doing this um the equity thing, how they're granting equity like past performances, you know what I guarantee is gonna be used in this formula what. Season end of season FedEx Cups. FedEx, yeah. And this idiotic stroke play thing where you could have one bad week and fall from like fourth to twenty-eighth in the FedEx Cup because you played bad at East Lake.
1: Uh I mean the FedEx Cup's changed so many times in 14 years. Like it's gonna be this be interesting for sure.
0: Like right? Like you you could have to withdraw from the from East Lake. And, and you might be fifth in the FedEx Cup, but then they're I, gonna rate you as thirtieth. I feel mean, that is to, gonna
1: be in I the wonder- larger stew that is not gonna hopefully that's just like a little sprinkle of the seasoning of like versus OWGR ranking versus top yeah, but ten versus a, wins. Like there's a lot going into past performance umbrella. Think about hopefully if you not lost not out. think
0: about if you lost out on like five million dollars because of that. I you just don't <laughs> or or like part of me, then I got my head. What if they maybe they should exactly. go off I of see you. Yeah. what if they should go off of before Eastlake, like the the BMW. They they might have to do that. They might have to calculate this not on the final results of the FedEx Cup, but on the week before the final
1: results. Yeah. Which is I don't I am not I just think it's funny I I'm la- we'll see. I could be funny
0: found myself just <laughs> cracking up fun. about that
1: we'll see how it goes see how the past performance is calculated I doubt we ever get uh, access to that in the same way we do you know the way Pip is calculated or anything like that so um, you know what is not bad for golf fans Andy is a subscription membership to Club TFP. Uh, the hottest club in town is Hummin. We had a monster January. The content continues to churn out. We're not only taking, uh, we're not just taking content off the table. We're actually improving the membership, right? We're adding to it. We've yeah. got additional tour coverage. We have Joseph Lamagna's weekly voice in there. I'm diving in a little bit more. We're going to do some more Shotgun Start themed hangouts, right? Maybe on the lines of AMAs or just flashbacks, things like that. We're going to do some Shotgun Start hangouts. Um, we're having monthly member videos next next week's but the will be our monthly member video rollout you're gonna do one thing about every hole at Riviera in a video format during uh during the Genesis Invitational as it's now known at Riviera so that's your member video coming in February we have which I think you know you did that format last year at what Oak Hill and LA CC for the yeah. member videos and there was It was fabulous. It's great content. I think like what you I've been told I
0: need to get this done like uh, ASAP. Oh, it's not done?
1: Oh, shit. Well, now it has to get done. We just did it in this public forum. (laughs) I thought it was done. All right. I just boxed you in. Now it's got to get done because we've announced that it's coming. Um, We have our member guest announced. It is at a very, very cool, nice, good Golf course on Long Island. I'm not sure we're supposed to shout about it. Uh, so that's cool. You get you get access to potentially join the member guest event. You get uh early access to all other events. Uh, you get a weekly course profile. Um I don't know. As someone who's I don't know what my title is. I'm I'm nominally in charge of content. I feel like we're putting out an incredible amount of content that I think is pretty unique and of very high quality both in uh you know club formats and also formats like this in our newsletter we are we are pumping right now I'm, I'm really really happy with the amount we're putting out and club tfe i think is a place where you can get something totally unique for the uh, golf landscape so um, i agree i agree join today all right continuing on with our news it appears tiger will be returning next week at the genesis invitational uh, not a surprise. It'll be good to have him back. Um, should we do? Do you want to do a mini flashback? Do you have time for that? Like a mini flashback Friday on Tiger? I was looking up. Maybe. His Phoenix Open. You remember when he had the chip yips at Phoenix? And I don't mean to look back as a way to pop him, knock him while he's down. It's insane what he's accomplished since then. I was reading just Phoenix Open Thursday, Friday. That was uh, like
0: 2014, s- 2015. 15.
1: 15. 15 shot 73 in the first round his worst ever season opening round. He was one Oh four. Uh, then he shot 82. I believe in the second round, I think he was DFL missed the cut. Uh, he goes out. He hit one of six in scrambling three of seven fairways. This was an opening nine. He shot eight over 44 at TPC Scottsdale, three of nine greens and 14 putts. Uh, just a disaster. He had the chip yips. This was uh, Brandel Chambly. Aaron Oberholzer had this amazing quote that went viral. Like, if someone came to you and said, would you jump off the Golden Gate Bridge right now to cure the chipping? He would say yes. It was like this kind of, it was just, all we had was like golf central. Chambly was go, he didn't struggle. He was incapable of hitting short shots. That's not struggling. Struggling is when you shoot 73 and miss six screens and you hit your chips 10 feet from the hole. He was incapable of doing the most pedestrian of requirements at the highest level incapable you cannot play out here on the pga tour you can't keep your yard card with the chipping yips overholzer i hate to say it but i think the greatest player that i've ever seen has the yips well that's because of a release pattern or whether it's not enough reps it's a flat-out disease he's got the yips bill Harmon. so everybody goes bill Harmon. hank haney of course for he was at this point his past coach he had has written the get book his already. shots off yeah gets his shot off bill Harmon says um, it starts when you have the yips, you have issues. This isn't going away. This isn't a turn of the switch. Uh, it starts with techniques. It morphs into something else. I can't see this going away. Um, I don't buy all this relief stuff in the last two events. It played, he has played in He had the worst two cases of the worst yips. Cause this was after hero where he had nine yips. I watched a lot of the highlights this morning. It's like, blading it through the greens into the bunker on the other side. And then after a while, he starts just kind of like trying to run everything real low. And like, it doesn't get to the green or goes 15 feet past. And like you have Patrick Reed and Kessler kind of staring uncomfortably. Um, Wood said, I'm just having a hard time finding the bottom because of my old pattern. I was so steep on it. I have a new grind on my wedge. And it's, I mean, we're talking about him looking maybe worse than me. It wasn't just, Tight lies. It was he would fluff them short and thick, rough. He wouldn't get it to the green, like every kind of every kind of bad miss. It wasn't just one kind of lie or chip. <laughs> can, can I tell a, a corroborating story here? I, I'm yeah. not sure if I've told this story on this podcast,
0: but um yeah. I'm going to keep the player out of it. I'm going to keep him nameless. But this player was a rookie on tour, or or maybe a first year. It might have been his first year where Tiger was around. He went to a chipping green and it was one of those greens that you could chip at from all directions. And he sees tiger and he goes to the other side. You know, so he's like completely opposite of tiger. Maybe on a slight angle. He says he's getting ready, he's, he's hit hit a chip. All of a second, out of nowhere, a ball whizzes by. And he looks up and he's like, What's going on? And he just sees tiger and he thinks, Well, that, that couldn't be tiger. <laughs> where where did that come from? Like, that that ball must have come from somewhere else. Was like his whole thought process. Yeah, he's hitting chips, and then all of a sudden another ball whizzes by his feet, and he looks up, and Tiger's looking down, acting like you know, like you know, come we've, from all anywhere, we've all yeah, been yeah, there. We've all been there where you hit a yeah. shot, and you just look away, like oh that wasn't me. Yeah. So, so he's at this point he's like. Oh my god, this is this has gotta it's be tiger. tiger. Yeah. So he hits like another two chips, and he says another ball comes like whizzing through his feet. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks up his stuff and moves. He had to move. Because Tiger at this stage, he's like full on fire. yips.
1: <laughs> it's
0: I mean, this is a guy that grew up idolizing Tiger, yeah. and his yeah. first, like, it was his, well, like, one of his first interactions with him is the guy's <laughs> is sending grounders through his legs on the chipping green.
1: <laughs> I mean, this was looking at the highlights; it was like Patrick Reed, feet. I think we're with them, <laughs> and you're playing with essentially like a 12 handicap around the greens. <laughs> we're talking about the greatest player of all time, like a the most mystifying. It was as if, as if Pat, Stephen Curry all of a sudden like. Not just like couldn't make missing, a free throw is airballing like, yeah, but airball like that's the that's the sort of range of drop off here. It's not it's not like I'm not good anymore. It's like I can't get it out of my hands. I can't get it to the rim on a free throw.
0: When, uh, remember when Knobloch couldn't throw to first base from yes. second base?
1: Yes. <laughs> they I'm had just to, a hard to time Knobloch to first base. Finding the bottom. Because of my old pattern, I was so steep on it. I have a new grind on my wedge. So the grind was the issue. And it's sometimes hard to trust. And this is a similar grind to what I used in the early 2000s, but it's a different grind. So it's similar but different. But some of the shots were into the grain with tight, tight pins. And I could either flop it or bump it. I chose to bump it. I've got to keep this in perspective. Sometimes that's hard to do. We all have days like this. Unfortunately, mine was in a public forum, in a public setting. But we all have days like this. And we all take the good with the bad. Just to kind of put a bow on this, like the embarrassment of what we just talked about of like Stephen Curry no longer being able to get it to the rim. He won a tour championship, a Masters, and a Zozo after this happened to him in public forum. Like the most, the greatest mental, mentally strong athlete, maybe ever, but certainly golf forever. And he will be back. I don't know. Just a mini flashback for Phoenix Open weekend with the announcement of him. Returning yet again next week at Riviera, which we are very excited
0: about. Breaking so, news. Breaking news.
1: Uh oh. More equity grants or what what do we got?
0: There is now a Mr. 57 on the Corn Ferry tour. Cristobal really? Del Soler, she's fifty seven. Had about twelve feet for a fifty six on AT.
1: Wow. Where are they playing? South America, right? Weren't they just in Panama? Fifty six on the KFT. Yeah, that's bonkers. Um, we are 57. getting seven. So he had a short putt for fifty six. Okay, where is that event at? Let's see. Uh, a star. It's like the something a star championship. Um. Okay. I think they're down South South America. You're where you want the tour to go. Now, for the first month and a half of the season, quick little hop, skip, and a jump, 17 hour flight to South America. I,
0: you know what? There's a direct nine hour
1: flight from Miami. All right, fine. A nine hour flight from Miami. That's not, that's longer than going to Texas or California. I mean, come
0: on. I'm what I'm saying is you could build, uh, you know, world class golf and have a great TV window because the days are long.
1: Okay all right
0: it, um, it's in bogota colombia
1: okay okay uh oh, christopher christopher
0: shot 62 scores are one? low ventura roberg yeah. ventura <laughs>
1: yeah. uh,
0: uh all right okay. brian campbell former illini great brian campbell is eight under through 13 so we could see multiple sub
1: 60s today watching this on tv i think my favorite thing about the waste management is the uh Caddies wearing the trash collector neon bibs, like they're trash collectors. I love that. Good, good, good touch by WM there. Um, How about
0: the preferred lies? Do you think this is in response to uh, Charlie Hoffman's protection? No, <laughs> that, that happened here two years ago.
1: I mean, you can't get a that was in the waste, wasn't it on the yeah, tuffs? The tuffs. You get preferred lies not in the waste, right? Isn't that only in the fairway? I guess it depends on. on I How was wondering this. What? I'd I'd love some data
0: some a data boy to go after this, but are is is there like we should have a sample size? Are there players that are better at preferred lies than other players? I bet. Like is playing preferred lies a, a skill? And are there players or, that are better at it and what do they do better? I was thinking about this the other day. It's played so often. Preferred lies is like Actually, like kind of like knowing how to play preferred lies well is is an important trait for a PGA tour player.
1: I would I would take your contention, quote Larry David, and flip it on you there. okay, because everybody can play preferred lies well. I think it's more indicative. maybe you could play it marginally better than somebody else.
0: Like you might be able to, you might think a little bit more about like where you place it and like the grass and how it interacts. <laughs> I think that there's a legitimate thing here. I what think I would people, say is it's like, more the likely. the way I would do it is I would just be like, Oh, I just plop it down. I wouldn't think twice about it, but I bet if you really thought about it, there's ways that you could use preferred lies to your advantage.
1: Winning at the margins. I would say it's more indicative of people, the mental midgets who have a weakness of playing the ball down. That's what I would say who are much better. There's, Guys who with skill who can actually play it as it lies. And then there's guys who can't as well as the others and then succeed. All of a sudden, the stats when it's in preferred lies come up quite a bit. This is That's the data I work I need to you. see.
0: I need to All see right.
1: who the best preferred lies, who
0: plays better than their predicted uh, level of play when it's preferred lies.
1: Speaking of breaking 60, apparently the Live Las Vegas event, it's just it's supposed to be gonna be a pitch and putt assaults maybe fifty nines, 58s uh reports from the ground someone tweeted they're just they're gonna go all out there's also apparently portable toilets everywhere so that's the drum john rom impact portable toilets everywhere on on live and could see some multiple sub 60s that is going on well that's it sounds like last, week, Saturday it sounded like last week they needed the toilets everywhere <laughs> <laughs> they got it off um all right, should we do one, maybe two, golf advice? We had so many good, so many good emails this week. Um uh here we go. Let's go with the uh, SGS at gmail.com. Send them in. We've got we're piling a list. We got a bunch of good ones. Uh this is entitled Friend who provides access to nor- nice courses is the subject line. Twenty seven, no kids, zero interest in fighting. I was very fortunate this past year to be invited to one of the most elite golf courses in the United States. Think about Cyprus, Pine Valley, Augusta level. By a friend of mine whose dad is a member there, as someone who only really plays local golf and municipal courses, I was ecstatic at the opportunity. The course was incredible, but my experience wasn't exactly what I expected it to be. The friend who invited me occasionally struggles with entitlement and increased his entitled nature tenfold while we were there. He acted like such a jerk that even a couple of the caddies complained to me about how obnoxious he is every time he plays there. Uh, not good. I'm sorry, I know he's your friend, but he's one of the worst people that we ever have to deal with. Quote. Oh my god. The trip was still incredible, but his entitled attitude made me uncomfortable many times and definitely made the trip less fun than it could have been otherwise. My question is, do I bring up his actions to him so he might change? No, I'm likely to sacrifice future invitations to one of the best golf courses in the world, along with other nice courses he's a member at. Or do I say nothing and make these trips something I may continue to enjoy going forward and hopefully just ignore his entitled attitude? Well, that's what you gotta. You gotta weigh what's important to you on that. Do you want to try to maybe get on a few more really nice courses and not pop your friend for being a psychopath? Because he sounds pretty terrible. I think most people probably. Here's the thing: you're not going to change this guy. You're not. Whatever you tell him is, based on all accounts, is not going to change him. So the impact of that is negligible the impact of not getting to go play some amazing courses is significant so i think you seem sensible you understand this guy's terrible in a way and you just have to understand whatever you would say probably would have no impact do you agree with that andy i mean it's always bad when the talk the caddies are talking yes yes I feel like Not that's something talking. you always always
0: want to avoid. Oh, just yeah. getting a bad rep with the caddies, right? Let's, yep. Those caddies, the caddies have outsized influence. If if caddies, they talk, you know, people ask questions. Just a word, you know, to the wise, you always want to stay on the good side Trade of the caddy well. yard. Stay on the good side of the caddy yard. Be one of the caddies' favorites, and, and you're going to, you know, other people around the club are going to, are going to, have a more positive outlook on you because the caddy's going to tell you, you know, who's an awesome guy or gal. So-and-so, you know,
1: don't Um, get a nickname. You get a nickname. You're bad. I mean, you're bad shape nickname that you're not supposed to know about bad shape. Yeah. Um, (sighs) don't say anything. I think, I think the way,
0: the way I might handle this, it seems like they're, they're really good friends, right?
1: Feels like it. I don't know if really good, but yeah, friends enough to have him out to his course. Like if you're going
0: to get to go see some cool places, that's awesome. And it seems like you want to do that, right? Like who doesn't want to go play awesome golf courses? Um, You know, like I I think there is a real thing of like, I don't really want to go play awesome courses with awful company. I'd rather play average courses with good company. Um, That is real. Uh, So... Is it is it possible to groom this into a good good company? Can we get this guy to average company on the golf course? <laughs> and then you're then you're at a positive, right? Right now it's like kind of the the great golf course and the bad company are offsetting each other. We're talking offsetting penalties. Nobody's happy. Nobody's Seems happy like a, when a, an I'll offsetting battle, penalty. Yeah.
1: Right? Given well, this guy's so, dad, not him, his dad belongs to a bunch of top clubs. And he's the one the caddy saying is the worst ever to deal with. I'm going out a limb and say the friend suggesting he act better is not going to have a strong impact.
0: My thought, what. this is my thought. My thought is maybe you know while something's fresh and it, and everybody's in good spirits, you bring it up to him. Just say, hey, listen, like that made me really uncomfortable, um, yeah. and I think it made the caddy uncomfortable, and I think it made everybody uncomfortable and it's not cool this guy like a lot of times people are so unself like have no self-awareness right like that's a thing that's a human condition that a lot of people deal with everybody deals with i deal with it like i you know yeah but like if you have no this guy might have just zero self-awareness and need somebody to be like hey you know stop acting like a fucking brat i apologize
1: for the language there (laughs) can we do one more it's a really funny story one more all right a little bit longer, but not not too long. I'll get through it. 43, 0 kids, which is why I play 75 rounds a year, slash fights with my mouth and not my hands. All right. Okay. Right. I was playing in a threesome with my
0: five rounds a year.
1: <laughs> I'm at like eight, maybe maybe ten fabulous all right i was playing in a threesome with my golf husband i don't know what that golf husband and 20 plus year lawn friend so he's been friends with this guy important point 20 plus year long friend and also the guy he plays golf with all the time so those are the two people long time friend but also the guy he plays golf with all the time the golf husband and the long time friend so the long time friend will now be referred to as villain I only play with Villain one to two times a year due to his incredibly poor pace of play, desire to wear earbuds when golfing, and various odd behaviors such as placing the club on each tee box for alignment help before he tees off. Terrible, sounds like terrible. Earbuds in. Side note, every one of my friends who I've introduced to him on the course absolutely refuses to play with him after their initial forays. Another side note, Villain does not like my golf husband as my golf husband has shaved about 10 strokes off his handicap in recent years and regularly beats the Villain when we have played to include ribbing him along the way as well. When we first started playing, Villain seriously suggested to the golf husband that he should play the white or even red tees when competing with us due to the, the lack of distance. So Popped him. He's now flipped it on him. Golf husband's 10 shots better. Too much to Villain, who sounds like a, impossible to play with, the lining earbuds, all this stuff. sounds impo- Poor pace to play. Sounds very challenging. All right. So after considerable time has passed and we're well beyond the villain. Uh, oh, let me jump to jump to paragraph here. We get to the 18th hole of my golf husband and villain tied in a $20 match, which you'd think was $200 by the amount of tension in the air. Villain tees off first and hits a worm burner into the brush about 30 yards in front of the tee. Golf husband hits a perfect fairway ball. Me and my golf husband proceed to walk to our fairway balls while the villain starts bushwhacking the weeds, desperately trying to fall his, find his ball. Ultimately, he does not. After considerable time has passed and we are well beyond the villain at our, our balls in the fairway, we look back and see the villain take multiple drops before ultimately hitting a good recovery shot back in play. Golf husband commented to me that something funny was going on back there with the multiple drops, but I told him to ignore it and just finish the hole and win it. Unfortunately, golf husband gets steamed up over a suspected rules violation committed back by the villain, proceeds to hit his next shot in the water, <laughs> subsequently melting down for the remainder of the hole golf husband ultimately loses the hole by one shot and the match to boot as the villain made a good recovery from the fairway after (laughs) his drop and then parentheses s drops plural when we get the handshake line my golf husband asked the villain what happened with his multiple drops villain immediately becomes all caps very defensive he's a very insecure person also all caps and started raising his voice while repeating are you questioning my integrity Golf husband in a calm manner simply asked the villain to explain why he took multiple drops before hitting his recovery shot. Villain replies that he did not like his lie after his initial drop. So he kept redropping <laughs> until he had a preferred lie. While his, while ending his sentence all caps because that's what the pros do. So that's his interpretation of preferred lies. The pros just redrop until they like it in terms of taking multiple drops in a red stake area. That's what the pros do. Clearly now the villain unknowingly acknowledged that he blatantly broke one of the most simple rules in golf when it comes to dropping at a red stake area. Me as the mediator explained to the villain that taking multiple drops in this instance is against one of the rules of golf. The villain all caps doubles down while now targeting me with the scripture, screaming that he is an honest person as in his integrity is beyond reproach. And now that both of us are questioning his integrity, it has him uh, and it has him feeling hot and undeservingly targeted. Villain says he won't accept the $20 he won and quickly stomped off the green and rushed to his car to evacuate the premises ASAP. All right, so incredible story. Now, the question. Despite this, the villain and I remain friends as our wives are very good friends, and we still hang out as couples. Like, I was trying to figure out, this guy sounds awful to play with, awful in reality. Well, they've been friends
0: for 20 years.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, he's playing golf with the earbuds in, lining up on it club alignment on every hole pace is slow <laughs> terrible, and a nut just dropping it over and over again this guy would have been out of my life 20 years ago but despite this the villain and i remain friends as our wives are very good friends and we still hang out as couples however to this day he frequently brings up this fight and still does not understand nor admit that he broke one of the most basic and simple rules of golf and continues to turn this into him being the pariah the last time we physically hung out, including our wives, the villain again brought the situation up, all caps, as we were walking to our cars after a perfectly enjoyable afternoon at a winery. So he brings it up. We're going to the car and he brings it up. The villain. <laughs> I again brought up that he messed up and should simply admit to breaking a golf rule and apologize to me and my golf husband. This was in front of his wife who was mortified at him, not me. And Basically, <laughs> that's the last time we hung out. It was months ago. This uncomfortability has also since seemingly cascaded into our wives' dynamic with one another. My wife, who is excellent at diffusing situations like this, tells me to simply give the villain validation for his feelings, which would likely put this feud to an end. I highly disagree, as I cannot tolerate a flagrant violation of basic golf rules when someone cannot admit or accept they are 100% wrong. Do I listen to my wife or keep on keeping on? A lot in play here. Good story. Good story. Bring the wives into it. We bring just lunatic <laughs> I, behavior on the golf course. Go ahead.
0: My first question is: you know, the wives' relationship has changed. How does your wife <laughs> feel about this? Like, is she is okay. she sad? Is she yeah. sad? Or is she? Is it seem like it's okay? If it's okay, I say stand your ground. Stand your ground, and you know, good riddance. Right? If now, if. <sighs> If your wife's like, you know, I really miss uh, Jenny from down the street <laughs> and I, I but this is so Jenny awkward now, that yeah. maybe maybe you need to maybe you need to diffuse a little bit here. Look, but maybe just stop playing golf with the guy. It sounds like that's the real problem. Some people aren't golf compatible and that's okay. I think everybody's been there where they like someone they've played golf with them. And you're like, you know what? I like that person more off the golf course than I do on the golf course. And that's okay. That is an okay thing to have happen, right? Like this happens in basketball. This happens in pickup basketball, right? Like, oh, we're going to the gym on Saturday morning. You know what? Like we're we're one short. I don't want to invite what's his name
1: because. <laughs> I'd rather play a man down than play yeah, this guy. I'd rather play right four up. on four. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: Um, this happens. This is this is part of sports and competitive sports. Some people just um, aren't compa- uh, compatible. So I dictate it based off the wife. If the wife really wants to hang out with uh, Tammy, uh, then Jenny, then I would Tammy
1: whatever. I, yeah,
0: yeah. Then I would mend some
1: fences, but just stop playing golf with the villain. I I think it goes beyond the golf. If the guy's bringing it up, you're at a winery and you're walking in the car, and he's still bringing it up. This guy sounds the lat like the last person in the world who should have any feelings validated for any reason. I they, he needs to be continued to be invalidated cuz he's a nut job. They're, his feelings are not validated in any way and there's no reason to encourage this kind of behavior uh both on the course. Just I love that he kept dropping because he said that's what the pros do until they get their preferred lie. He just should not be validated in any way, shape or form. And I think you got it like look, it happened in front of his wife, who apparently was mortified that this guy turns into just a complete uh, non-starter uh, on the golf course as a companion. And I I just I would have a hard time I I'd have a hard time validating any feelings because the feelings are so illegitimate. And at this point, you just start, I guess, weighing your wife's desire to continue to be friends with these people and the wife versus needing to validate anything. So it doesn't seem like they're okay. It seems like it's been a few months. The wife's not knocking down the door like we need to hang out with Tammy That's what again. I'm saying. So just let it go. It just pop them. Keep but popping them. If,
0: but if she but if she wants to hang out with Tammy. I mean, this is the thing. You do crazy things to 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 for your partner. You know, you you. you this is part of life, right? Like you, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you think about uh-huh. like the things that you do for your partner. I found myself one time, like in a car for like you know eight hours one day because I needed to run some things between some places, and it was like what. Why And it's like, oh, yeah, this is because, you know, my wife needed this done and it made my life miserable. But this is what you do. And it's like, if you got to hang out with this guy, just, you know, take him out. You can't play golf with the guy ever again. That's
1: no can't. All right. Everyone enjoy your Fridays. Enjoy your weekends. We will back with you to recap uh, Phoenix Open. We'll see. Uh, we'll uh, see.
0: We'll, we're going to be
1: at Riv. We're going to be together in Los Angeles. Maybe, maybe. There's stomach bugs and things going around the school and the house. Last time we were supposed to be together at LA, I got maybe COVID before we knew COVID was a thing, got knocked out. But yes, planning to be there, be together on uh, Monday. We'll see you at RIP. All right. Talk to you all on, uh, talk to you all then.